Hello and welcome to the Queer and Clear podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Rollins, and this is a series of interviews where we talk to people about their sexuality and their spirituality and where the two meet. Well, 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 look who it is. It's Erica Perry. Hello, Erica. What up, team? What up, team? Welcome to my podcast. Thank you for having me. What an honor. We were just having some lols before I pressed record about how... (laughs) I'm just like, cool, let's go. And Erica's like, um, what's the structure of this? And she's like, what's a Capricorn? And I'm like, ha, 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 ha. For those who aren't astrologically informed, Capricorn is a structured being. I mean, I don't know. Can you tell me more about Capricorns, Erica? Um, I'm going to stereotype the shit out of this right now. Great, do it. Cool. We love to work. We're hardworking little mm. things. A little bit in our dysfunction. Love a bit of control. Really like to, the big daddies of, Mm. this the zodiac basically and so the lols for those of you tuning in listening are because (laughs) kr is not like that (laughs) at all (laughs) yeah i dare say capricorns find me a little bit distressing like i used to work with one a capricorn i used to work (laughs) with a capricorn back when i was um doing web development and she was uh she was a designer at the agency i was at and I would just get great joy out of really just coming over to her desk and being like, so this is what I'm doing at the moment. It's very unstructured. I'm dating two people and we don't have any rules. And she would just be like, okay. But she actually loved it as well. I think I brought life to her life. Oh yeah. Very important to have a bit of spice. Yeah. So enough on that. Apart from being a Capricorn, Erica, can you tell everyone a bit about yourself? please yeah all right bit about me well as of the other day I'm an author so I like to brag about that when I talk about myself now um as you should right okay yeah I'm writing a book Mm. um yeah so I write I write poetry I'm a mum I keep going to say that I'm a single mum I'm kind of not now but Mm. um we'll get into that yes juice a bit <laughs> keep listening to the podcast foreshadowing foreshadowing <laughs> um yeah I do I used to be really centered in womb work and um that was like what I offered what I explored um how I showed up in the world and now I really focus on essence work and that's really mm. where I think my soul just shines um and what I'm obsessed with like I love figuring out how to make someone's soul just radiate even more and just permeate their whole being in the world. And that's why I love doing things like this. Cause I feel like that's what you're doing here. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. Erica's very gifted at that whole soul essence thing. Um, she was one of the, let's get down to it. I mean, she was really <laughs> one of the key pieces or the key people that was just like, Hey, Catherine, do you think maybe you're gay? And I was like, what are you talking about EP? I've been dating men. And she was just like, well, maybe <laughs> look at all these threads and this potential. And then I just was like staring at, I, anyway, there's a whole story there, but staring into space, just like, what the fuck? Oh, shit. Yeah. And, and then you did it to another friend of ours. <laughs> And now we're both gay. Basically. So am I infectious? Is that what's happening? I'm just like spreading no, my... You're inspiring. My you're an inspiring lesbian. Oh, thank you. That's actually... You didn't know words that I wanted to describe mm. me. Wish we could go back and when you're like, EP, tell us a bit about yourself. And I was just like, scrap all that shit. I'm an inspiring yes. lesbian. The end. Fuck yeah. Well, now <laughs> you've said it. I'm glad. I'm content. Um, yeah. I feel like there's so much else we could say about you, Erica. But anyway, Erica and I met 
Um, Erica and I met back in February of 2020, pre-pandemic times, yes. at uh, Wild Grace Training in Bali. And we've been buds ever since. Basically. Yeah. It's the best. And so much has happened. That was an eventful time for you as well. I mean, in so many ways. Yes. <laughs> Aside from meeting me, which I'm sure was one of the highlights of your life. That was the pinnacle. And since then, my life has only drastically gotten better, which is not a lie. So could it be because I met you? Maybe. Let's just make that <laughs> a strong correlation. <laughs> um, so, so maybe you could tell me... Uh, yeah, a little, I would actually love, I don't think I actually know your, like your origin story as far as lesbianism is concerned. Oh my God. All right. Let's take it back. Take so me back. Young EP, mm. quite like closeted hypersexual from a very young age. Um, I always thought this was quite weird, but now I've read so many stories of girls like, I don't know, like humping teddies and masturbating mm. with hairbrush handles I'm really pulling from the archives um and so now I feel like quite comfortable in being like yeah that new girl was one of those um and my child this is such a classic classic lesbian story so everyone mm. prepare to relate my <laughs> um yeah my like childhood best friend we were super young like however old you are in like year two that's when the, my earliest memory of all of this and we would like kiss and like play and like um really explore like erotic energy together just completely innocent and there was always this idea that I was doing something wrong but more so in exploring sexual energy rather than exploring it because it was with her um and I have a very distinct memory of like playing in this energy with her and my brother and her sister like slamming the door open and like springing us and like the mm. shame that came with that was just so unreal um but I really enjoyed it up until that point and then that was probably my first like oh like I did something naughty but I can't quite figure out why I think I have mm. experience with a woman like and I yeah couldn't really unravel that and then from that it was always like whatever girl best friend I had we would like give each other massages and like it would be like this like deep <laughs> um feeling of like erotic intimacy that was never spoken about so we would have like these really like beautiful connections and then pretend they never happened the next day and to this day I could name so many friends that I had where I had this and I it was just never spoken about and while I was underground exploring this, I would like collect boys like trophies. Like if someone was like popular or somewhat attractive or my friend wanted someone, I'd be like, hmm, collect and try to acquire that person. And that's kind of how I interacted with boys. So like, and that's just kind of how I thought it was like mm. that, that they were something that you acquired and you won if you got one. I don't know. That was just kind of my approach to it. And then with women, I had this secret underground, like connective thing that was just never spoken about. Yeah. And so early high school, I had my first, well, he ended up being like a very long-term boyfriend from like, yeah, start of 13 till I was 18. So that whole time I was with him. Mm. And I distinctly remember being at a party with, it was like a, a very early party like maybe like a 14th or a 15th and there was only girls there mm. 
And they were like, let's play spin the bottle. And my internal fear at this thought, and because I was like, why do we do this? There's no boys here. Why are they doing this to me? <laughs> Specifically thought that this was my own. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, <laughs> they single-handedly picked me out. They're going, this is what's happening. I don't know what I thought. It was a personal attack. And they were like, Erica, play. Now, mind you guys, I'm going to really throw myself under the bus here. <laughs> In high school, I acquired a nickname called Pull Out Perry. No fun reasons, but because I would say I was going to do something and then at the last minute, I'd be like, poof, I'm not doing it. So (laughs) it was not unusual for me to be like, oh, please spin the bottle and then spin that bottle and be like, see ya, your girl's not doing it. (laughs) The the bottle's not even finished spinning and you're just (laughs) like, there's just a puff of smoke where you were in the circle and everyone's like, oh my God, Pull Out Perry strikes again. (laughs) 100%. So... um, Yes, spun the bottle and I was dating this dude at the time and I remember being like, I can get out of this because I can be like, ooh, your girl doesn't want to cheat. Like, oh, I can't kiss anyone. Mm-hmm. And, but the fear was like, I've, I've <laughs> suppressed this demon of desire for women. And I'm doing the normal thing and I've got that high school boyfriend, acquired the trophy and it was a wanted trophy. I've acquired mm-hmm. it. I don't want to lose it <laughs> for some reason. And I was like, oh, what's it like if I get kissed by a girl, that's going to just crash out of me. Mm. And so I was like tight, tense, spun the bottle. Landed on a very, she was so incredibly beautiful. She would be like the trophy equivalent in women. <laughs> and she was so chill about her sexuality. Even to this day, as far as I know, she's like the most chill, fluid, beautiful. Mm. Yeah, some people just don't have things about it. She's one of those. She's like oh. a kiss, whatever. You get a kiss. like Amazing. I'm um, Right? Like- yeah. I was too. Um, it's fine. It was on her. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to. I can't cheat. I can't duh, blah, 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 pull out Perry doing the thing. And two of my friends held me still while this girl kissed me. Wow. And I reckon I didn't speak for the rest of the night. Nearly called my mom to be like, I got to go. <laughs> and I just remember being like, oh, no. Like having that comparative nature of like, uh, that's what a kiss is supposed to be like. I remember now enjoying that and not thinking about other shit or calculating how to do it properly or how to be desirable or like what boxes I needed to tick, what position I needed to be in, how much I needed to breathe, what sounds I needed to make in order for this to be desirable for the men that I was with. It was like this first moment of like, oh, wow, if you enjoy something, your body just opens like, and it just happens. And so I sat on that for a while, um, accompanied around this time. I had a bit of a hair disaster, which we won't go into, but it did catapult this feeling of dis- like disconnect because I, long story short, had hair like this. I had to get it all cut off to like your. She has long, um, long. <laughs> what do you call that? Auburn? Auburn Aub- hair. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Thing, really, just think <laughs> best hair ever. That's me. Yeah. And anyway, so it was this length. Um, and to get it fixed, I had to get it your length, KR. So like everyone, I have short hair, (laughs) just (laughs) FYI. Um, and I remember rocking up to school and everyone was like, what are you a lesbian now? Because my hair was short and I was like, (laughs) no. (laughs) And it was like this horrifying moment for me where I was like, how did they find out? Um, it was such a weird time. Anyway, so a heteronormative up my life until I went to university and everyone is a bit fun there 
And so what would happen, I would be like obsessed with these like avoidant men who I knew I would never get. Cause that's a fun mm. way to not have to deal with your sexuality when you have this like chase going on. And I would be like obsessed, 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 trying to acquire, acquire. And then on the D-Lo, I would get drunk and hook up with girls. Hey. Yep. And that would just spill out everywhere. Um, and I'd have a great time and I'd always be like, we can just kiss for fun. And really it was my little <laughs> in a gay EP being like, give me, give me, give me. <laughs> And I went through this pattern of being like, I am just a bit bi, you know, I was like a little smooch. And my absolute dream is to have a man who lets me play with women and I can just like fulfill this hunger for women Mm. on the side while I live my perfect white picket fence life and I have the babies and I do the things and whatever. But what would happen would be I would attract men like that who were like bisexual cool you can be with women and I'd be like amazing thank you so much here I go and I would then come out like once a year because I would do the same pattern where I'd be dating a dude he'd be like go be free my little bisexual goddess and I'd be like see ya go make love with a woman I'd be like what the fuck I'm gay I'm so gay Mm. and uh when I actually started taking that hunger seriously for the first time in that I found that I could love women like I loved them like the way that like just women, they're so phenomenal. And I just felt that I had this desire to nourish and to honor and to devote myself to like the opening and the expression and just like love. Like I just wanted to love women. Whereas with men, my approach was more, this is so hard to say out loud knowing that this is being recorded, but we love a bit of vulnerability in the afternoon. Mm. With men, it was more like, how do I acquire your sperm and your money to tick off this white picket fence dream that I have? Yeah subconscious of course this is all very easy to say now um, but I didn't know at the time I just thought I was a bit bi and so I started this trend where I would come out at least once a year and think that everyone should be shocked because I was shocked every time and that's not what happened at all (laughs) Um, and I remember like consciously coming out for the first time after having many conversations looking back now where I understand why no one was surprised one of my personal favorites was we were all having conversations about threesomes that we would like to have. And they were like, EP, what's your ideal threesome? And I was like, me and two other chicks, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, man, I'm straight though. And um, just like moments like that where I was like, what is happening? Like, well, how did I not know? But obviously it, most people around me knew. I remember calling my brother in tears being like, I, am, I have my first like proper girlfriend. I'm dating a girl. And he's like, obviously, obviously. And then every time I do my once a year come out, the last one that I did, he was my brother, when I broke up with my baby daddy, my brother was like, stop dating men. We all know you hate it. <laughs> it needs to stop. <laughs> and I was like, no, <laughs> I do kind of love it, I think. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, I kind of just had this odd pattern of um, just trying to be straight, like just trying to loophole not having to actually deal with the shame that he had around liking or being able to love women so easily. And so, yeah, it wasn't until quite recently I've come out again for like maybe the 10th time in my life. Mm -hmm. And I feel committed this time (laughs) with this awareness. But yeah, I guess that's my origin story. Just a little bit of a classic, everyone knew but me, (laughs) basically. Stunning. Yeah, I'm <laughs> What a great story. <laughs> yes. 
can relate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's so interesting. And and this was something you and I talked a lot about that one time when you were like, hey, KR, do you think you're gay? Um, <laughs> it's that thing of like, I'm sort of attracted to men and my body is kind of like, yeah, great. Let's make babies. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and my conditioning is like, hey, let's get married and have a husband. Yes. That's what everything I've ever seen for most of my life has pointed to. Uh-huh. And I just, it was, it literally wasn't until you said that to me that I was just like, wait, what does that not mean? Like, does that, what? I just, oh my God. Yeah. It's my such a phenomenon. One. Wait. <laughs> Unwrapping this like sexual wildness of how, um, I'm going to like really take this and run with it because you know that I froth this as a subject because yes. it's just blown my mind wide open. But that like portrayal that a hetero couple, like obviously not not like a conscious done work couple, but like there's supposed to be this like distaste, this like sex is a chore and well, I don't actually like my husband, but we're married kind of like toxic disgustingness that's portrayed like oh my wife the old bald and chain and she's like oh he never does the dishes you know shit like that where it's yeah. like there's, there's like super normalized it's just like this this um disconnect right mm. and part of that is this like sex is a chore like yeah like women get together and they're like yeah he like wants me to give him head and i don't want that like yeah, penises you know that kind yeah. of culture <laughs> and so i thought this is just normal like how mm. i feel about giving head or having sex with a man that like that lack of connection I was like this is normal this is just what happens this is just part of it um and I found out that the pleasure like when I really sat with it sat with myself and the pleasure that I felt from being with men Mm. came from two separate like came from a place of I find pleasure in being in control and feeling powerful that gives me a lot of pleasure and not probably not in a healthy way I should probably explore that a little bit but it's like that's where I was deriving that that's where I was finding that enjoyment obviously like the physical stimulation Mm. um, piece was there but it wasn't until I was like wow what I like about having sex with men and what I like about having sex with women are two totally different things in that I love the connection and the pleasure and the deep intimacy that I feel with a woman whereas men I like feeling powerful Mm. and it wasn't like powerful in a good way. It was like powerful in this like distaste kind of space. And I just thought it was so normal. I just had no idea. Mm -hmm. And so from this is developed a phenomenon that I've TM'd, haven't, but should, (laughs) spiritual gay care, which is this idea. And it happened to me like when I first started becoming aware and I was like, okay, there is something wrong with me Mm -hmm. because I can't love men that was kind of where I ended it a lot of the time. It wasn't like, I can't love men like I love women. I hadn't even thought, hey, maybe, <laughs> maybe yeah. be gay. It was like this, more of this idea of like, I can't love men, there's something wrong with me. And the men that I attract can't meet me. I was always like, you, step up, give me more. <laughs> You're mm. the problem. Um, and the reality is that for me, there wasn't anything wrong with me. I don't think there's anything wrong with anyone really. But it's like the reality was that I was chasing this 
fixing idea of like, I need to fix this masculine wound that I have and then I'll love men. Yeah. And so I put myself in this loop using the way that society sets us up to think about sex in a heteronormative sense. Um, even from little subtext, like we have sex education, which we don't actually, we have reproductive education. And part of Very that true. education is that the man ejaculates and the end for one and two, it's like, doesn't really speak about the female anatomy of arousal and what actually happens to women when they're aroused and what that looks like and what that feels like. And Mm. so, and like this normal concept of like, when you have sex for the first time, it should be painful. And like, you want a little bit of blood and like, you want to be tight and like all this fucking horseshit that Mm. really perpetuates um, this confusion or it did for me of this is normal. Like my body not opening Oh, this is such a great men like spitting on their hand to like get inside me like shit like that was so normalized like in porn in reproductive education like it's mm. like there wasn't I didn't really have another set of information to go off to be like my body isn't a yes here yeah and it's because of these pieces of information that are fed to you and so from that I was like okay well I'll just turn my body into a yes by fixing these wounds that I must somehow have and then I'll love men and I'll get my white picket fence and my trophy husband and babies yeah I will say that like I've never (laughs) I don't know everyone TMI potentially whatever (laughs) this is my podcast do what I want um (laughs) like I you just but I just realized in, when you were saying that, like, I've never not been wet when I've been with a woman. Yeah. And only you- times, yeah, only <laughs> times where I've been with men where I've been, have I've experienced any kind of like, you know, not like, enough lubrication. I'm like, um, I, yeah, and same, like, I just didn't see that being like a thing. Yeah. And all the, also, I think there's a degree of like probably marketing in this whole, uh, yeah. I mean, look, I don't want to diss anyone who maybe, isn't super wet but I don't know I just feel like maybe there's something to that it's like it's your body talking right yeah for me the key distinguishing factor is and my body won't respond to one of these if I'm trying to have sex for penetration my body's like hell nah but if I'm trying to have sex for connection and love my body's like just opens Mm -hmm. right yeah um and I feel like a lot of the education and representation on heteronormative sex is like everything you're doing is for penetration Mm. it's like that's that's why you're doing it and I get it because of reproductive education but it's like when you're with a woman and you're a woman woman (laughs) it's like you don't have that same information you know what I mean? You're just kind of like, well, I know what I like. I know that I like to be touched before I'm touched. And I know that I like, like you're just kind of looking for pleasure rather than looking for uh, penetration and orgasm. Yeah. Which would, and, yeah, the, the focus on penetration would highlight potentially a lack of lubrication because, yeah. you know, that's quote unquote the goal, which mm. it's not guys. It's not the goal unless really you not. want it to be, I guess. Yeah, Whatever I'm, try- I'm trying to be inclusive here. I'm really sorry, everyone. If you have a if you have a dry pussy, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I didn't I'm mean sorry. to diss you. Yeah, I'm sorry you're experiencing that and whatever yeah. you've got to do to feel pleasure. Like I'm totally into that. Um, yeah. My own personal experience of my body is that that means that something is a no, and sometimes that no is like the bed isn't made, and I want the bed made before I do things. You know, it could be anything. Yes, same. 
Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I feel like this like lack of roles in same-sex couples is such a blessing. I really found that. Like I'm obsessed with that in my relationship now and how I show up because I don't have a gender role. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I don't have any like, I don't have any movies. Well, I do, but like movies that I've watched or princess stories where I'm like, oh, I have to be delicate so you can feel like a man and I have to be this so that you do this and things are calculated and everything I'm doing is a move so that I get something, mm-hmm. right? Whereas like in my relationship now, I'm like, oh, what do I want to do? Like, how do I, how do I want to love you? Like, it just feels like there's so much freedom to be creative with my love and in our sex and like that sort of stuff, because I have no pre conditioning. And I just didn't realize how much of a blessing that was. Like, I would love more representation. Don't get me wrong. And I would love more representation that was directed by gay people. That would be amazing. Particularly gay women, if we can. Yeah. (laughs) And I just think it's such a blessing. Like I, I have this like two minds of like, I want more education. I want more representation, but I'm also like, whoa, I've been so lucky to be like, what do I want? How do I want to make it up? Mm. It's like two things. Hey. Yeah. Uh, there's two directions I want to go in. Uh, uh, okay. 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 So, okay. <laughs> so the other part of this podcast is uh, uh-huh. the spiritual aspect and I am curious about this spiritual gay camp that you speak of. So the implication being that there's a spiritual aspect to that. And Mm -hmm. can you tell me more about that, please? Cool. So I've been a part of a couple of different communities, mostly Tantra based in essence. Mm -hmm. And that with that came like this exploration of sexuality, right? Like it's quite, that's included. It's not like just that, but it's just not excluded from it. Are you enjoying this content? Are you curious about your own sexuality? I've created a membership group called Queer and Clear that is designed to help you to unravel your conditioning, your programming, your trauma, and come into deeper alignment and connection with your true desires around your sexuality, your romantic preferences, how you want to express yourself in the world. So if you're interested, click the link below and come and check it out. And within these communities, I would be like, I have this distaste towards men. I have this like aversion. I can't relax. I feel like a stress response when they enter the room. Like I, um, and I had this right up until I got okay with my sexuality, like right up to, it was like this, I didn't realize this is what it was. Um, And it played out in a couple of different ways, but it was like this feeling of being found out. Mm. And if I wasn't desirable because I wasn't performing for them, I know it didn't exist for their pleasure because I wasn't into it. How safe am I? And so that played out a lot with me and my body. And that's how my body would react. And same with, um, because my stress response is like, fuck, like I don't do fight or flight or freeze. Or sometimes I freeze, but mostly I'm like, how do I seduce my way out of this? Mm. Um, And so when my friends would have partners, I would get really weird and tense because I would feel unsafe because of this lack of desirability. And I couldn't actually seduce my way out of it because I'm not that type of gal. And it would put me in this weird state. And so I was really hyper-conscious of getting just so strange around men and so when I was in these spaces I was like oh someone help me (laughs) I have this weird thing that happens I don't feel safe I don't feel comfortable I don't particularly find connection in sex I'm um you know I keep attracting men like this and they were the general consensus was that I had this somehow fractured part of me that needed addressing 
And it was this general consensus of if I had a good inner masculine polarity energy, then my outer world would change. And I got this feedback a lot or comments like, if you're gay, why do I feel X, Y, and Z? Why do I feel this man in your field? Why do I feel um, this desire around men, like this seduction energy, right? It was I'm like- making a face. <laughs> Many a faces are being pulled. Um, was the general response. And so I, when I kind of was able to correlate all of this information and my experience into one thing of being like, what the fuck? I deemed it spiritual gay camp, which is this space within communities that are predominantly very hetero based um, and use that sort of language, which I do think is accurate. Like I do think we live in this duality space. My personal belief, my personal experience is that I'll speak as an I, I haven't done enough unraveling internally of internalized homophobia and misogyny to hear masculine and feminine and not have men and women kind of translate in my head. Mm -hmm. And that really just helped in those internalized beliefs of like being homophobic and like being misogynistic. It really just cemented them, especially when the language was like, when you when you have a strong inner union and when you have a strong masculine you'll attract a strong masculine the mm. men in your life are shit because something is shit in here and that was the general feedback that i was getting like your lack of connection to men is based on your lack of connection to your inner masculine do the work 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 mm. and so i was constantly redirected to this uh, pole within me that ne apparently needed attention so that my external reality would change to mimic this when the reality was there was nothing wrong with my internal masculine to reference the start of this conversation your girl's got a lot of capricorn in her chart a lot of natural <laughs> masculine energy big daddy energy internally it just comes big daddy yeah you know like my business would thrive easily i'm very like i'm a fantastic lead leader toot my own horn it's like i had a lot of these qualities um but it was just this piece that i just kept getting redirected into what i deem now spiritual gay camp which is yeah, the way that this language is used and everything is kind of through this like hetero lens. And I really have a fire in my belly about it, especially when there is a lot of, um, you know, queer people in the space and it's not really catered, the language isn't catered to be inclusive. And a lot mm -hmm. of the time at the start of these things, they're like, we say masculine and feminine, but everybody has these energies within them and this is just what we mean. Mm -hmm. But it just doesn't add up. Like it just isn't presented that way. And I knew that I had a problem with this when I have a really good friend who's a couples coach. They do really beautiful work, um, but it's a man and husband and wife. And I thought about how I would, I had this like okayness in my body of, for example, like two women going to one of their courses because I was like, oh, it's applicable to them because masculine feminine dynamics are everyone. But when I thought about two women running a course, I was like, oh, hetero couples couldn't go to that because it's so fucking different. Mm. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> And I had to kind of like unravel this conditioning that I had where it was like gay couples could fit into this like heteronormative space almost because they had to. Mm. When it's like the best analogy and the best little meme I've ever seen is like 
it's like the same sex couple is two chopsticks and then the husband and wife couple is a knife and fork and they're like so which one of you is the fork and it's like it's fucking two chopsticks like <laughs> it's, we're all eating dinner but like you know um it, and it's just there's just so much conditioning there right and it's just so much availability to when the subtle information is that there is already something wrong with you when people keep presenting this mm. avenue where you could maybe fix that it's like this dangerous loop well it was for me yeah absolutely um, and, yeah and I know you've had well I mean you've come to similar conclusions yeah, for sure I mean I've had I can think of a time <laughs> where um a friend of mine who runs workshops and things I, I think I said to her I something along the lines of like, I think I just want to date women. And her response, her like knee jerk reaction was no. (laughs) (laughs) I've had one of those where I'm like, I think I like women. They're like, no, you don't. I'm like, oh, (laughs) Uh, what? I mean, I, I, I feel like so much arises for me when I talk to you, talk to you EP uh, in new ways that I just, it's like I already knew it was there, but it's coming up in a new way. So thanks for that. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking of all the times and and partly what took me so, why it took me so long to come out in the way that I have now is um, largely because of the tantric spaces I've been in. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, it's like this fix it energy, hey? It's like, yeah. oh, like the one, like you just, it's <laughs> like direct from a circle I've been in of um amen not all men i'm not all menning right now but one mm-hmm. particular was like you just haven't been fucked by a tantric man you just wow. haven't that 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 cosmic dick would cure you oh. if you had have acquired it oh my god I, I remember being like better find me a tantric man then because fuck the gay out of me because it needs to go so yeah just i a lot of the time i just it's not that the spaces aren't I don't think they're deliberately designed not to be supportive. No, I don't. I think very few people are actually doing it on purpose. Yes, but it is happening. (laughs) It's so happening. It's so there. And to hold safe space when a lot of uh, queer people are attracted to communities like that because of how they're set up and how they feel and Mm. the promise of exploring your sexuality in a safe space Mm -hmm. I think more facilitators need to be educated on their own internalized homophobia and internalized misogyny, especially because it's like, there's such a double-edged sword of both of those of being like, um, the language of being like, you need to surrender to your man. Like you need to make him feel like a man Mm. and this like internalized sneaky ways that we're still like be smaller be smaller so that someone else can shine, be more delicate, be more feminine. Like you're just not in your feminine. So he can't be in his masculine and that's why he can't show up for you and all this other horse shit when really it's like Mm. their own responsibility and in being able to hold themselves so that no matter the environment that they're in, they can show up fully and that goes for any partner. But it's like this internalized misogyny on one hand where we're disempowering women Mm. and men in the same way because you can't disempower one selectively. And then with and then it doubles if you're also queer and then they're disempowering you and telling you that if you are more delicate, more soft, more feminine, more this, more that, then you would make a man feel like a man. And then you would be having the time of your life. And <laughs> Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> it's like rocking back and forth. <laughs> and then on the other hand, it's like, 
there's like this I'm like I'm yeah okay I'm gonna go there there's like this okayness in exploring your sexuality when it's for the male gaze so Mm -hmm. like be a bit bi in the spaces you know run your sexual energy in these women containers and then go and tell the men about it and you know be orgasmic and flirtatious and touchy-feely and erotic together for the gaze of someone else Mm. or for the idea that it makes you more desirable to a man if you are fluid in this way and it, I just think it's really unfair to not look at these things when you're running spaces as a facilitator where queer people are coming in because it's like there are a lot of women like there's I mean there's a lot of jokes even in containers that we've been in that it's like this container makes people gay and it's like it doesn't <laughs> at all we were all we gay, were all when, gay we when we started yeah <laughs> and beautiful amazing that you've created a space where we felt safe enough to unlock to be okay mm. and speak to this fantastic but it's such a weird and I've heard it so much in so many containers it's like this weird double-edged sort of like um this container like it makes people gay but I'm only going to speak to heteronormative Mm. things I'm going to put it through this lens even though we're making people gay and somehow I like we control sexuality and that expression and we hold the power to unlock that for you you didn't do anything and it's still like claiming this power back and this control back and in a society where women especially, and I can only speak from that view because i that's what I am, um, mm. are taught to always have their power outside of them and to give thanks and gratitude to people for giving them pieces of themselves. I just think that sort of horseshit and that sort of, uh, can, mm. that sort of speak even like as jokes is super unhelpful. Yeah. And maybe one day we'll all be living in that Aquarian age and open and loving and like be able to have the lols like that, be like, made you gay, a little sprinkle of gay over here. We put something in the water or whatever. But right now I just don't think that that's possible to do that in a way that doesn't actually send tiny little daggers to the hearts of all the queer folk who are in that space. Mm. So many things I want to say. The first one is, um, oh my God. So have you had this experience? I'm just like having flashbacks while you're speaking where it's like you're in a women's only space. I'm doing air quotes again, women's only space. And I don't know, have you felt this? Uh, there's been times where I felt like I I need to really like hold my queerness inside myself, like my attraction to other women to make them safe. 100%. And that my attraction to them is bad and wrong because like then it doesn't make it safe because everyone's like, woohoo, there's no men here. So we're safe from the, the attraction and desire of others. And we're like, oh my God, like, but I think you're all really hot. But titties, titties, <laughs> titties. <laughs> okay, okay, I do have some things to say on this one subject. Okay, this is why I think for me personally, and for a lot of bi women, well, women who have identified as being bi and who have now claimed the title of just being like, oh, women, mm-hmm. love women, love them. Because all attraction, that's a big call EP, 99% of attraction, making that stat up, no references. <laughs> I'm just trying to save my own ass here. Um, of media representation, re- media represented desire for women is through the male gaze. Mm. It's portrayed as predatory and dominating and take energy. Like on the consent wheel, it's like it's portrayed as that, like, mm and portrayed as uncontrollable and like women are somehow these magical sex fairies who awaken an uncontrollable dangerous desire in people who are attracted to them and 
it can't be controlled and it can't be tamed. And if you feel it, everyone, every woman is in danger. And this is rape culture. It's all this other mm. bullshit that is really alive and prevalent in our society. And that's why a lot of women who identify as bi and then later come out as gay, I believe, because you don't have a reference. Like for me, I was like, well, I don't see a woman walk down the street and think about raping her or fucking her. I'm not uncontrollably, you know, like I've been in a room full of women, naked women orgasming. And I wasn't like, wow, I can't contain myself. I'm a octopus that needs to touch and fuck everyone here. Like, and that's how it was, that's how it's portrayed, right? This like mm. insatiable hunger. And I get it because like women in that state are fucking phenomenal. Like, and I understand it, but I was never, I never felt uncontrolled. I never saw a shoulder and I was like, oh, I gotta come into my pants now. Like <laughs> it's, <laughs> but that's how it's portrayed. That's how desire for women is portrayed. Mm. And so I can completely relate to that fear and I've totally had it where it's like the only lens that we view attraction to female bodied people is through this male gaze and it's it makes it really feel unsafe Mm. if there's someone who feels that desire yeah and so I just think we're just (laughs) there's a lot of things that set us up to feel unsafe in it and um it's really disempowering to both women and men, I think, because if men are only learning that as well, that that's the way that desire works and that that's what they should feel and how they should behave. It's like, they don't really have a chance to tap into their true erotic energy either, because the truth is it is very easy to work with and control and run through your body without needing to take or dominate or control. But the messages that we get is that women are dainty little things that are made for um, holes for pleasure, basically (laughs) to be taken and fucked and, um, used as an alternative to your hand sometimes if you would like to come and that's your right that's very I may have embellished some but I feel like sometimes you gotta like really drive home the point point. and so yeah in spaces like that um, I can completely completely relate to feeling dangerous like feeling mm-hmm. like waiting for my like my erotic creature that would come at the side of a shoulder blade <laughs> to come out and I've noticed too like um since really coming into approval of my desire which like uh, if I'm honest has really only come in in the last couple of months um (laughs) that I have at times felt that kind of insatiable sensation Mm -hmm. um or urge but I I recognize now that partly why that was happening was because I was trying so hard to (laughs) suppress it and, and, you know, hide it and repress it and shield people from it. And so it would come out in these really like, uh, you know, shadowy ways. And then also the other thing that I noticed would happen with me um, would be like, if someone came into the space who was like in so much approval of, you know, same sex, dynamics I would be so on my knees for this person because Mm -hmm. I'd just be like oh my god like you're a goddess and I'm just gonna worship you for the rest of my life and to be fair like warranted but also (laughs) created at times some very um, uncomfortable power dynamics between me and some of these women who are just like very you know big and bold and sometimes a bit narcissistic well not just that but also like doing the bare minimum like doing the absolute fucking bare minimum for same sex, like mm-hmm. couples. Yeah. Um, but I can relate. I was actually saying this to Bella the other day. There was this woman that I found. She's super cool. She talks about aliens and shit. And I listened mm-hmm. to one of her podcasts and I was like, kind of thought she was a bit cool. And then she goes, and my wife. And I was like, well, no, I'm obsessed with you because you're gay. <laughs> like, <Yes. laughs> um, so I think it's just like, 
Mm. yeah finding that representation but needing more of it so that because I mean it's all just people representing other people right and sometimes people are shitty and they still have things to do but when we have more options we won't be throwing ourselves at the feet of narcissistic people like we'll have more options to be like okay this isn't rare I'm not hungry for this transmission I can get it from so many different beautiful people and there are so many allies and this is a safe space and language is checked and where you know um yeah like feeling that love and feeling that it's accessible yeah one of my favorite spaces that I've been in um was where the I still have this very vivid memory and like sensation in my body from um yeah I went to the ISTA trainings last year and there was one moment where the three lead facilitators were demonstrating and they were in two pairs and they'd like you know picked someone one of the assistants and it ended up being this thing. It was an erotic demonstration. I won't say any more than that. But uh, it ended up being two men and two women. And then they switched. Oh, wait. But anyway, the point is it ended up being this, like, same-sex um, beautiful example. And this happened consistently through the training. And I just remember feeling like my heart was exploding because I was like, thank God. Mm. They're not forcing me to be with men and they're representing or like presenting just, they were so in approval of their own um, sexual expression, regardless of who they were with. Mm. And I just felt so like, I just want to emphasize this, I think. So for anyone listening who is running these kinds of spaces, like it feels so, 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 so good (laughs) as someone who is like closeted and queer or even just queer full stop. Mm -hmm. to be on the receiving end of a like queer demonstration 100 like an authentic one an authentic one it feeds my fucking soul to receive that kind of thing oh my god it just Mm -hmm. gives me so much life yeah can relate (sighs) so eric perry (laughs) can you share with me a little bit about your current relationship status (laughs) um so I'm in an open relationship although right now it's just us chilling um with a beautiful woman named Bella we met actually at the same place that I met KR love Bella Um, coincidentally obviously because my life has significantly improved since meeting KR just also (laughs) happens that Bella was there (laughs) no um so we met it was beautiful I wasn't normal seductive siren EP performative how do I acquire this trophy with her and in fact I couldn't be because um I'm just gonna tell everyone our love story now because (laughs) please do I'm I'm a a fangirl for the (laughs) Bella love story just hey so there we were. Bella was also an apprentice. I was an apprentice. KR was doing a bomb-ass job at facilitating. We were all there hanging out. And this was the first time I'd met Bella in person. I'd seen her on calls. And to be honest, I was a bit nonchalant, super judgy. Um, I was like, oh, what a sign. I can feel you squishy. <laughs> Not interested. That, that, that big daddy judgment. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, and this was the first uh, retreat I'd been on since having Leo and since being a single mom. And I really fucking needed it. Guys could not tell you that any more honestly than how I feel it. And so I was really, my intention was like EP focus, game face. This is for your healing. When else are you going to have this time? Let's just go in. And so when I met Bella in person, I remember thinking that she was fucking beautiful and, but being like, knowing that she was in a relationship, I didn't know that it was open at the time, but I knew that she was relating. 
Um, I remember thinking that she was beautiful, but being so focused on my own stuff that I was like, oh, like amazing. Just appreciating the beauty, appreciating her playfulness. I remember feeling that same. She's so magnetic. Like people are just drawn to her, like moths to a flame. Like it's unreal. But I, and I remember feeling that like, just feeling a bit chill about it. Like I was like, oh, like it's, it's Bella. Like she's beautiful, but that's it. And then, ladies and gentlemen, we had a priestess activation. That night, my third eye, boom, wide open. I go to sleep, innocent as could be, and I have the most hot, spicy sex dream about Bella. Like, woke up coming. <laughs> She's down there. Woke up coming. <laughs> like, it was unreal. Like, I remember just being like, what the fuck? And I remember thinking, lol, this will be a funny story to tell everyone because that's how I think about my sex dreams about people that I know. I'm like, hee hee hee, we got spicy and it was good. You're great. Thank you. Like whatever. <laughs> and I walk into where we have the, the, the space set up and I walk in and I see Bella. She turns around. She's being Bellary. She's actually talking about a sex dream that she had the night before. Not about me, but whatever. And my legs turned to fucking jelly team. Like I was just like a mess. I was like, what the fuck just happened to me? And I'd walked in being like, lol guys, I had a sex dream. And she turns around, she was like, and I uh, asked who was it about? And I was like, someone in the space. I don't really want to tell. Bella actually said, bet it was KR. And I was like, hee hee hee. <laughs> like I'm so like have never felt that level of just like random nervousness mm. and like guilt almost like I was like oh I did some fucked up shit to you last night in my dream and I was just sorry was like, <laughs> I didn't know about this sex dream no? oh my god okay so that's when it like it was just on after that like I was like so attracted what? to her um I'm gonna tell this story from my perspective by the way in which Bella is this innocent bystander and I somehow attract her to me but I've since learned that she was not an innocent bystander and she was also drawn to me but I'm gonna tell it from my point of view she can come and tell her story if she wants <laughs> so um I'll tell you the important cute bits that I remember and make my body feel good um so anyways I then planned to strategically stay away from Bella for the rest of the retreat because I was like this is not what I'm here for number one Uh, number two this girl's in a relationship and number three everyone there was hungry for Bella like Bella is very it's true can vouch for that yeah like she's I mean amazing for one but also you can just tell that she likes women Mm. and so when women are a bit bit having that awakening of like maybe they want to explore it's like moths to a flame Mm. but even more so because it's Bella and I was like I'm not competing I just I'm not here for that I don't want to fucking I'm just not about it right now and I was like I'm just gonna ignore her for the rest of the time that's not hard four more days see ya (laughs) and so I tried my hardest to stay away from her Bella didn't know that and therefore was not participating with my plan and so she would sit next to me all the time and Bella's very touchy-feely and I would be like I'm touching me and my body would be like gushing and I would just be like this hot mess like my <laughs> nipples were so sensitive and I was like what is happening to me right now and then um <laughs> I am um, it was like we did I don't know some other initiation and we were doing lover energy And we did this exercise where we had to walk across the room in our lover. And I remember strategically planning to one, never cross paths with Bella on that walk and two, never be on the same side as her. And I was like, it was, I did it team. I nailed that shit. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, I remember feeling super proud of myself, like fucking four more days of that EP. We've got this. And Bella comes up behind me, wraps her arms around me. Okay. Before she's even said anything, my body knows it's her. I don't know. She has smell, pheromones, something. My body 
I'm like wet. My head goes back. I moan. And she's just like in my ear. She's just like, I wanted to see your lover. And I was like, fucking take me. I'm yours. I'm ready. Let's go. And instead, didn't say that out loud. Instead, I (laughs) come back around. I'm like, Bella, I couldn't do that because I had this sex dream about you and now I feel really weird because I'm kind of like, I just have this thing going on in my body. <laughs> I just feel really nervous and weird around you. Mm. The energy kind of shifts and she's kind of like, huh, and then we're kind of a bit weird. And then um, later that day, I casually slip into the group conversation that I've dated women before because I'm like, hello, Bella. <laughs> Your girl likes women. <laughs> um, and we had some other really beautiful moments and danced together in some other pieces um, and had some really intimate yeah, moments at lunches and after processes and um, started to build this connection that that is so light compared to what we have now, but it was so powerful for someone I had just met. Like it was just so, the connection was just so unreal. And on the last night at the temple night, we, um, yeah, hooked up and it was beautiful. And um, then I was leaving at 6am the next day and Bella is very chill she's so chill compared to me so we're, we're sharing this beautiful moment she, like chill with intimacy like has this beautiful ability just to share intimacy and that's it I'm not like that I'm a soulmate type of gal if I share intimacy with you I'm like surprise we're getting married like I'm <laughs> Ash now and so um I'm still trying to figure out like what the fuck just happened like knowing that she lived on the other side of Australia like well in Bali at the time and I had Leo and I was like can I just have that fun night but my heart is like open and just anyway so I'm on the plane writing books of poetry about Bella and the moments that I fell in love with her and how I felt about her I'm quite shameless with this sort of stuff guys case can't tell if you don't know just check out my Instagram just weeks Mm. and weeks and weeks and months of me writing poetry about Bella um and so then from there we just started long distance relating like she just added me to the queue of women (laughs) it wasn't a queue um but we started just getting to know each other a bit more and we had many and many plans to meet up um throughout COVID that were just squashed like many people's um and so we navigated open relating at one stage there was a few of us relating with Bella and then there was just um like her and I relating but she had like she would have lovers or she would kiss people and we navigated that. Um, I didn't have the same desire. Sometimes I think about it. I dabble in being like, maybe I'm open, but I run a business. I have a toddler and I just love Bella and I just don't have that same desire, but I don't feel Mm. crushed that she does. Um, And that's been a really beautiful thing to unravel alongside my sexuality of like my shame of open relating and what people might think of that as well as like like being with a woman and being a single mom and all this stuff that I just had shame around. Yeah. And so um, a few weeks ago, Bella flew over from Byron Bay, it'd been eight months long distance. Um, and she just came straight into my home down here, down South in WA um, with my toddler. And we've just begun that family life. And it's been amazing. Like I had a lot of, um, I think, reasonable fear of, watching a lot of COVID start of the year relationships, people flying very romantically across the country and it just working out. Um, and I had a bit of like, oh my God, what if that happens to us? But it's like so incredible that what I felt for her is a drop in the ocean for what I feel for her now and that nothing was made up in my head. Nothing was exaggerated. If anything, I undervalued mm. um, the connection that we have. And so right now I'm in, yeah, this really beautiful relationship and we live together. <laughs> and um 
yeah, it's just been the best. And I feel nothing but loved and supported and seen. And I'm just watching all the ways that being loved in this way and being okay, being loved in this way, is just making the rest of my life bloom. And I just like cry and my heart bursts open every time I see her with my son. And I just feel really grateful and lucky to be in this position. So that's my love life right now. Mm. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like that's a good point to leave it. Yeah. Erica Perry, if people want to work with you or, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, um, read your book. Tell, Tell the people. Okay, team, come hang out on Insta. That's where I play most of the time. Um, my handle is the Erica Perry. Oh, I was gonna say my website, the Erica Perry. That's it. And then my website is the Erica Perry.co. My book is called Women of the Womb and it is hashtag the tits. Um, so <laughs> you can get that on Amazon. Um, and I do a few different yeah there's a few different ways of working with me and I'm actually about to release a few more so I don't know when this will be released but they'll probably be out by then Mm. Um, yeah come hang out on insta for sure yes yay yeah I'll put all the links in the place that they go Mm -hmm. thank you so much Erica thanks always a pleasure I want to keep talking to you to be honest but you know we'll we'll get on that in a separate format um yeah thank you amazing thanks (laughs) 